Machiavellianist, Illuminati, all through your body. The blows like a 12 gauge shot it. Feel me? And God said he should send his one begotten son to lead the wild into the ways of the man. Follow me. Eat my flesh, flesh of my flesh. Come with me. My days are incredibly quiet. Oftentimes I'll go an entire day without saying a word. Welcome to the good life. And all I really want to do is just sit at home all day, read books, explore my mind, relax, meditate, read more books, not say a word, and just live in the moment, not in the past, not in the future, but just... Be quiet and be still with myself. And oftentimes, like I said, I'm off every other Friday. And there's on those days, I'll go 14, 16, 18 hours without saying a single word when my wife's at work. Uh, we have no children, just the two of us. No pets. Uh, I put my ringer on my phone on, on silent. I have no text alerts. I have My phone doesn't make any noise. Uh, there's very little traffic outside of our community occasionally you'll hear a car going down the street but it's at a faint distance nothing of any consequence really so there's often days where I'm left totally in silence and I'm completely fine with that it's quite uh anathema to or anathetical anathema it's the opposite of what goes on in most people's lives day to day and I'm actually quite fine with it I'm, I'm an only child I grew up as an only child so I often had to entertain myself and find uh, things to do to keep myself occupied. Usually it was sports or some kind of artistic endeavor, but usually I was outside, which is <laughs> funny how when you're a kid, uh, at least my my generation, I'm 37, so I grew up where there wasn't as much of a fear of uh, you know pedophiles and people doing crazy shit to kids, and uh, all that danger really wasn't swirling around as much as it is today, or at least so it seems. So I, I was outside mostly with friends, playing uh, baseball, soccer, all that stuff, hiking, uh, throwing these crab apples. I think I talked about this story before when I was a kid where I would, uh, we would hike down through the woods from our like apartment complex, like back through the woods, down this hill, probably like 10 minutes, and the, and the path came out at our elementary school, which was pretty big, and there was this road that went along the elementary school, probably about 150 yards from the elementary school. And we would always hike down to the school and we would sit under these giant crab apple trees. And they would, after they dropped their crab apples, there's like four or five of us who would grab them and we would fucking throw them up in this arch, like this giant arch and try to time it so they would hit cars like on the on the on the hood of the car or, or just hit them somehow it was almost a game to us it was really fucked up and crazy but occasionally a car would stop pull into the school and start driving and we would just run away into the woods back up through the woods up to the apartment complex and and we would kind of get away scot free but that was that's a fucking crazy story but nowadays my occupations are all indoors so I stay indoors almost all the time um although I do take walks on my days off, like today it's 81 degrees, and I'll I'll take a walk outside and just stroll around, uh, do more thinking, kind of channel my inner Thoreau to some extent, even though I'm walking on concrete in a man-made fucking master plan community in suburban Houston, Texas, you know, quite a far cry from Thoreau and his uh, bucolic landscapes up in Massachusetts, but 
what could you do? Um, but yeah, there's oftentimes when silence is not only welcome, but pretty much the norm. I mean, there's even days at work when I won't, I mean, I might say two or three words and there's some days at work when I won't say a single word in eight hour day, nor will I answer my phone, uh, when the phone rings at work. So oftentimes silence is, uh, is golden. Not only, I mean, the, the cliche holds true, but it, it really, um, focuses yourself inward, obviously. That's kind of <laughs> all I really want to do, like I said, is sit at home and read. I think my aspiration, my main aspiration in life is to be a book bookworm. And I, I don't say that jokingly at all. It's, it's that learning toward no particular end where I'm just surrounded by books, where I just sit on my sofa and I put a blanket on myself and in front of me there's anywhere from four to 15 to 20 books on the coffee table just stacked and everything from you know fiction classic fiction nonfiction, cookbooks uh physics biography poetry food essays uh philosophy whatever i'd order that's kind of my system with books whenever i buy them online i'll bring them first into the house and i'll put them on the coffee table as like stage one and then I'll browse through, and then if I like them, I'll take them to my bedside table, which is like level two, and I'll start reading, and I'll read the first, I don't know, five to ten pages, maybe 15 pages, and, and, and if the book grips me, I'll continue, but if not, I, I, there's no obligation for me to finish. I'll just say fuck it and either go to the end or I'll just browse through real quick, and if nothing grabs me, I'll just put it on the floor and then take it back to stage three, which is my the floor of my actual library in the house, which is a totally separate room. So it'll go from my bedside table to the floor of the library. And then at some point, I'll, I'll revisit maybe a week or two later the three or four stacks that are on the floor to see if they're worthy of inclusion on the shelf. Because I only have four bookshelves. And that those are the sacred holy ground. If you can make it onto the bookshelf and, and have a permanent slot on the shelf, that's that's the ultimate goal. But So yeah, the books on the floor will either go to the bookshelves or they'll go to my sell to half price books or donate pile uh, or I don't don't quite know what to do with these so I'll literally put them inside of my closet on the shelf at the top of the closet and just let them stack up until I determine what I'm going to do and usually those will just go to half price books and I'll try to get two or three dollars per book um, then I'll just start the whole process over of buying books so that's really my ambition in life is just to be a lifelong reader first and foremost uh, a bookworm if you will and to just learn toward no particular end it's kind of like that inner scorecard that's working and building up because there, I guess there's a couple of ways to measure your life and inner scorecard, I guess out, outer scorecard's an easy one, like net worth, for example, that's easy to measure. Um, and that's, I think it's a pretty indicative number of, uh, at least to measure people's accomplishments in life. Although there are a lot of dicks and assholes and fuck ups that become millionaires. I think it's, overall a pretty useful metric and then after you look at the external scorecards you can look internally and look at your internal scorecard and and what makes that up and for lots of people it's really different things um for me it's just uh how has my knowledge been accumulated and compounded uh, over my lifetime and then in turn how did i apply that knowledge to my life and uh, i guess what go go to sleep somewhat wiser than i woke up so all of that's pretty much just a charlie buffett Charlie Buffett. 
<laughs> Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett mash mashup of their inner scorecard philosophies, but I think it holds true across across people, cultures, time, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it all kind of ties back to this this blog too that came out. I think it was in like. 2008, 9, 10. I think the guy stopped writing the blog in 2011 or 12. And the blog is called Lacking Ambition. Yeah, Lacking Ambition. It's This dude was part of the, I guess you can lump him in like the financial independence, retire early, the fire movement, uh, which oh, I fucking hate all that shit. Uh, although I guess technically I, I would be lumped in there as well. I don't identify with any of those people in terms of like, what I do in my free time, uh, interest, motive, personality. A lot of those people are fucking super geeky, like techno science, technology, engineering, math people. That's not me whatsoever. I come from a, a liberal arts background, a psychology major, human resources career. Uh, my interests lie far outside of what most of those folks. So I do not identify with that movement. However, this guy was—he's uh, kind of like an—he's kind of like an early purveyor of it, but he's kind of on the outskirts as well of that movement. Anyway, lacking ambition. I think the guy's name is uh, Mike. I think he lives in Boston or something, and uh, he really embraces that learning as a lifelong pursuit toward no particular end. Uh, he just wants to just constantly improve his skills broaden his his learning horizons and just you know keep his breadth and scope just wide open uh i think his his big claim to fame was he's into like real estate uh, he, he would buy houses for like eleven thousand dollars or something and then like fix them up and rent them out but the the dude lives super super simply in terms of what his expenses are therefore he can he can afford to uh i guess not really work at traditional job uh trading his time for money but he can rather just do whatever he wants and the cool thing about him is it's not you know it's not binary or black and white with the early retirement stuff once you're retired early quote unquote that doesn't mean you just sit on your sofa and watch golf or netflix and you know, have have servants deliver you meals and all that shit but no this guy's actually active i mean i think i think even he went back to work a few times part-time in different fields just to try them out just for fun um, but his constant learning and his lack of ambition uh, which is actually kind of a paradox I I find to be really incredible um, on one end I I'm lacking ambition severely however these folks did work their fucking ass off to get where they were to be able to be in that position to quote-unquote early retire when they're like 31 32 33 so I guess you do push it's just where you, I guess your, your ambition shifts from, you know, working your shadow career, you know, what you're not really passionate about, what you don't care about. And when you really turn pro, like Stephen Pressfield says, and you shift over to um, really pursuing, you know, what you, what your true calling, what your true authentic self really wants to go after, that's when you, I guess your ambition ramps up. So I guess ambition is, is a really fuzzy, elusive interesting concept to really fuck with and uh yeah those folks who lack ambition i admire but it turns out they actually have quite a bit of it <laughs>